morning. There we go. Good to see you today. Guys doing all right? I, I got to tell you, I was sharing this at 9 o'clock, but I am absolutely loving this like midweek 4th of July. 4th of July needs to be celebrated on a Wednesday every year because it's not like just this one passing day. Don't you feel like you've had this nine-day celebration going on where like no one really does any substantive work whatsoever and it just kind of bleeds weekend to weekend? Guys, glad that you're here to... Uh, to, uh, to cap off the 4th of July week with us. Look, last week, you know, we had, we had Keith Haney with us. You get to hear him. Anyone, just this, this amazing brother, yeah, who came to share just uh, the struggle of race in this country and, and what it means to be a Christian leading the way in the conversation with race in this country. Today, we have another God story for you today. Uh, and uh, um, I, I mean this with, with utter sincerity. The woman we're about to hear from may be one of the most inspirational people I have ever met in my life. I'm going to put you on the spot here for a moment. Who here knows Amy Kirsten? All right. For the uninitiated, Amy Kirsten is an elder with us here at Fellowship of Faith. In Amy Kirsten's former life, she was a fitness trainer, a personal trainer, But about 10 years ago, Amy was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis. And in that time, it has robbed her of um, her vocation, her health, her mobility, and inevitably, her life someday. And Amy is one of the most hope-filled, faith-filled, positive people I have ever met. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with MS, we thought that we would just give a brief description of what multiple sclerosis actually is. In your body, you have these, a network of wires that we call your nervous system that are sending electrical impulses from your brain to every aspect of your body and motor function that command it what to do. And like these wires, in your body, your nerves have a coating on them that insulates them and protects them. What MS does is it creates lesions or wounds on the nerve casings that inevitably leave the nerve exposed, allowing it to short-circuit through your body, which in any given case of MS will result in any number of different manifestations. Amy is going to be sharing with you today her struggle with MS, but also the hope that she's found in Christ and, and the direction that she's going despite it. Amy has not been able to worship with us here for over a year now because of the disease. But almost every week as she's able and her health allows, Amy keys in with Facebook Live and very well maybe listening with us today. We could not bring Amy in here live today because of her disease. So what Amy did was open her home instead and allowed Mark and Kevin and I to to come into her home with cameras and sit down and do an interview with her about her faith, her life, her struggle, her journey. So what we have for you now is a, a 20 to 25-minute um, story um, of me and Amy sitting down and talking, and I just hope that it is, uh, it is just something of blessing for you today. God bless, guys. Can you just share with people, um, introduce yourself and how long you've been coming to Fellowship of Faith and, and what led you to our church? 
Well, um, I've been coming for about seven years now. I um, moved back here to Crystal Lake following a divorce, and I went to church with my mother, and when my mother passed away, um, I really didn't connect with her church. And my dear friend, Karen, um, insisted that I come to church with her. And I said, why would I want to go to McHenry? I live, <laughs> you know, there's Lutheran churches in Crystal Lake. And she just bugged me. And finally, um, I agreed to go. And you guys pulled me in, sucked me in the first time I stepped in the door. You know, and, and I know the, the past six, seven years getting to know you, I mean, they've been incredible. And you've blessed so many people at Fellowship of Faith. And, um, you know, in my time knowing you, um, you have MS uh, for the uninitiated, multiple sclerosis. And um, I've only known you in that capacity. Uh, you know, again, I don't want to take for granted that everyone knows what this disease is. Can you share briefly, A, how long you've had it, but B, what it is that you're actually dealing with? Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, it has affected my balance. Um, I noticed numbness on the bottoms of my feet and my, my three fingers on both hands. And now both hands are totally numb. Like I can't feel them. And this one has a tremor. And... Um, I mean, it could ha- anything can happen. Um, it just depends on where it attacks. It can affect your heart, attack, attack your lungs. Um, um, I have no balance. I have to use a walker. Um, but I went from using walls to walk to using a cane and then using a walker, and my next step will be a wheelchair. And... Okay. I have a prescription for it. I just haven't done it because I'm stubborn and I, <laughs> I do not want to go into a wheelchair. Yeah. So, um, but I can't drive anymore. I found myself one day coming home from work and I could not lift my foot off of the accelerator. And I prayed right out loud, God, please get me home and I won't drive again. And I can remember even as recently as last year, maybe two years ago, where you would regularly uh, bring a taxi, yeah. call a taxi service to uh, to bring you back and forth to church. I mean, you, you made that happen. I can't even imagine the complexity, the, the expense, the, the hassle oh, the ex- that that... Well, I got in good with the taxi drivers, and <laughs> that, is, that is one thing um, that I found that MS has been a blessing to me because I get a captive audience in that car, of course, I'm going to find out if they go to church, and um, you know. And there were many times, um, like they'd tell me their troubles or whatever, and I'd say, "Well, can I pray for you?" Well, yeah, I guess. I'm like, "Well, I'm going to pray for you right now, and I'm going to pray it out loud. Please don't close your eyes while we're driving." Without denigrating the physical struggles, but what have been some of the psychological, emotional struggles of MS. Yes. Well, honestly, I feel like job of the hut. I mean, if I could, you know, I mean, you got to have a sense of humor, you know. (laughs) I know what I look like. I know what I used to look like. You look fantastic, Amy. No, you're sweet. But, no, you know, I I can make poke fun at myself. And, um, sure, I'd rather be thin again and strong again. And, but... 
that's not the way it is. And so, um, when, like when I moved here, I joined a gym with Karen. And we were walking on the treadmills, kind of a warm-up thing. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Karen, there's something wrong with me, you know. I'm like, I, I mean, I couldn't even walk on the treadmill. Yeah. It was just, it was just really, really hard. And I just didn't feel right. I, I used to run on the treadmill for an hour. And, you know, and I couldn't walk at two miles an hour. You know, it was just ridiculous. Um, so um, it's, it, it is depressing. I have fallen all over Crystal Lake. Um, when I was at MCC, I was, I fell right in front of the circulation desk at mm-hmm. the library. Um, when I worked at Jewel, I was putting out apples, whole box of apples mm-hmm. and myself went on the floor and wow. apples went everywhere. I mean, I fell in the front of the store. Well, just when I was walking, I went to retrieve something from a cashier, um, and fell down right in front of God and everybody. Um, yeah. and fallen, I, Marcy and I used to mow the front, the yard and I was mowing the front yard and fell in, into the street mm-hmm. when I was, because even the slightest deviation mm-hmm. in terrain throws my balance off. And okay. you know, that it's humiliating, you know, I mean, you gotta try to find the humor but um, there are some days, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, I hate my life. But I can honestly say I've never cried about it. Um, I think I, I got all that done, you know, Early with on, the, right? other, the other thing. Now, on those lines, you know, you shared something with me personally before we had this time. And it surprised me that what you endured with your husband was far harder than what you're enduring now with MS. And I think to any of us who, who understand this disease or, or see its degenerative effect, it, it kind of leaves us speechless, but would you share a little bit about that? Yeah, well, my husband and I had a, a really wonderful marriage. I mean, we had fun together always. And you know, you know when you're in love with somebody and you look at each other in the eye and you have something that's silent, there's a twinkle or, you know, something that you pass between each other. Um, you know, it's just my husband always twinkled at me, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Um, one day he came home and um, he said, I'm not happy. I'm moving out. Just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And I looked him, you know, I'm like, what? And I looked him in, his, in the eyes and I yeah. gasped and I stepped back because his eyes were dead mm. and they were cold. And... Um, you know, he, he couldn't explain it. He swore up and down there was no other woman. Um, and um, he kept saying, I'm going to move out. And he strung me along from, like, May until, and then we get to Thanksgiving. I'm going to move out. I'm going to move out oh, after Christmas. Whole, yeah. yeah, that yeah. whole thing. And, you know, and I didn't tell a single soul what was going on. You know, I kept it to myself, and our son had no idea. And this was before MS was ever on the scene. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. the former life, so to speak. Right, the former life. And then, you know, I'd wake up in the morning, and I'd start throwing up. I'd come home from work, and I'd start, I'd start throwing up, and... 
it took a physical toll. Um, I hated being in my house. I spent endless hours on my deck because I didn't want to be in my house. Um, I basically hibernated when I when it was all going down because I was so profoundly sad. Um, I went to my doctor and got anxiety medication because I was shake like okay I have this hand hammer. You shake now, my but this whole is nothing, body right? yeah. was shaking. Yeah. Um, and I mean I was like a basket case. I couldn't sleep. I was drinking. I was mm-hmm. chain smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean it was bad. And oh, the one thing that really really got me was my son and I were sitting watching a funny movie, and I'm just sitting there. He goes. Mom, do you know you don't smile anymore? Mm. That you don't laugh anymore? That was really eye-opening to me. And because to hear that coming from him. Yeah, yeah. It was like, whoa, okay, I got to do something about this. You know, and so... Um, now, you had said to me in relation to your husband that even despite the agony of everything you just described, the hardest, and correct me if I'm wrong... But the actual hardest thing you ever had to face was forgiving. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, let me tell you, it takes a lot to make me mad. And I was mad. Um, first, I was shocked. Then I was hurt. And then I got angry. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I got to the point, like, well, I don't know what happened that day. My son and I were walking into the house, and my son had this heavy bag, heavy punching bag. Yeah. I walked by it. And gave it a thump, and I'm like, "Ow!" And so my my son was like, "Mom, you want to hit the heavy bag? I'll get my gloves." And so he got the wraps and yeah. gloves on me, and I hit, "Ow!" I'm like, "No, this isn't going to work." And so I went to a department store and bought two wiffle ball bat sets <laughs> with the really hard plastic yeah. bats. Yeah. And anytime. He would make me mad. I would go out there and beat on the bag. I bet that was a lot, especially it was a at lot, first. But I didn't do it when my son was home hmm. because I didn't want him to, you know, see me like that because yeah. it's not the but, but it's it was a way to get rid of tension. I yeah. would scream in my car going yeah. down the road. But anyway. The, Interesting get, for the drivers mm-hmm, by wondering mm-hmm, what you're singing oh, yeah, to, I was right? Yeah, screaming. But um, the heavy bats, what's funny about that is... I bent both of them. <laughs> and that plastic is really, really hard. It took yeah. a lot. Uh, when I finally was able to forgive him, it was like the weight of the world came off my shoulders. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel hatred toward mm. him. I, I told him at one point that I hated his something guts yeah and um and he was quite shocked and um actually i think i yelled that but um i realized i didn't hate him i still loved him i still love him now i hated what he did to me Mm. you know and so that was a huge realization for me that you can be mad at the person and hate what they do but deep down I, yeah. Well, you know, let me ask this. So many people who have faced struggles like you have, be it the relational struggles, certainly the, uh, the medical, physical struggles, they've also struggled with anger towards God. Have you ever dealt with that? 
I've had people ask me that. Yeah. And, you know, are you angry with God? I'm like, God didn't do this to me. I, you know, I can't be mad at God. I just okay. can't. Um, okay. You know, um, after what Jesus went through, I am not going to complain about my pain. You know, even though I am in pain, I hadn't mentioned that before, but pain is all the time. But the agony that Jesus went through for me, I'm not going to complain. You have MS and it's mm -hmm. degenerative. I mean, mm -hmm. this is going to claim your life mm -hmm. and your remaining health and, and comfort before that. Mm -hmm. And I pray that there's a miracle of God. And I pray that there's um, what I would call medical breakthrough that, that that's, you know, absolutely, you know, pivoting. But but short of that, this is going to claim you, and yet you still continue to have this abiding joy and hope, even though you know where this disease is going to take you. But I know where I'm going once it takes me. I, I mean, I know that. Just talk, I, talk to me about that. I talk to me just, about your hope, your faith. My yeah. hope, um, I know that I will be in no more pain. Um, I hope that, well... I'll be with loved ones that have gone on before, um, loved ones that I haven't met, or loved ones, um, uh, like, I, I haven't mentioned this before, I lost five babies. Will I meet them in heaven, you know, and see what they, you know, I don't know. I don't know how that works, but I think that would be really cool. Um, I never met my grandfather, who sounded like a remarkable man. He was um, in the last horse cavalry unit in the United States in the First World War. <laughs> and um, he, uh, he sounded like a really cool guy. And his father was a Lutheran minister. Um, I don't know. It's just I've always felt God's presence. You know, another aspect that I'd just like to explore a little is my suspicion is that most people who attend Fellowship of Faith don't realize that you're one of our elders mm. and that within that, what that means is you are this prayer warrior, that when people fill out those prayer requests on cards and drop them in, you're one of these key players who are praying for people. I mean, you said like, you know, recently you had 31 people you were praying for in a week. And, and if anyone knows you, it's like we get the follow-up email from you that's a novella yeah. and that you're doing this with one <laughs> finger on your left hand because of your tremors and, and the sleep and the medication issues and everything else. I don't know what the question is in this, but it's always struck me as so amazing that for someone who could very easily say, your identity and purpose has been stripped away by your disease. It has in a way, but. Tell me about the but. Well, okay, the but is there are very few things I can do anymore. Um, I can't cook, but the most rudimentary of <laughs> meals, you know, I can throw a lean cuisine in my microwave. Yeah. Um, me and a knife are dangerous, but I can cut up cucumbers. It's hard to switch hands like scraping a cucumber with my left hand yeah. because it's not used to that but doing it with the right hand I'm going to take off well you even skin. told me you, you mm -hmm. lacerated mm -hmm. yourself all over the place oh, trying I, to yeah. I burn myself and cut myself but 
um, praying is one thing I can still do. You know, I mean, and I've always believed in the power of prayer. Um, mm -hmm. God doesn't always, an he answers prayers, but he doesn't always answer them in the way we want. Give you what you want, right? Mm -hmm. right. Because if he answered prayers, my husband and I would still be together. I mean, yeah. I was on my knees begging God, please, oh, please, 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 please. But, um, um, yeah, prayer, um, I can watch TV and I do, I mean, yeah. I, but, um, I can, when I can't sleep, I find myself laying in bed praying for people. Even if I prayed for them right when I went to bed, you know, I'll just lay there and have a conversation with God. And, and, and it's incredible to me how when everything else begins to get stripped away in this powerful way, you have impacted and blessed so many people, some who realize it firsthand and many who don't and never will until That's okay. we hit eternity. Yeah, well, we're not keeping score. You know, it's just um, it's just something I can do for people, and um, it's a way I can serve. I mean, okay, I'm an elder, but I can't do communion. I'd be flipping the wafers <laughs> out of the tray, and, you know, it would be bad. And so, um, you know, I, I'm making light of it, but um, it is the one thing I can do. It just makes me feel good to know that I am doing something for other people um, that matters, you know, and, and it that's does. that's it, you know. It um, it's so easy to pray for somebody, and so hard, you know. Yeah. But it takes, you know, the more you do it, the easier it gets. You have this incredible faith story, this incredible faith journey of forgiveness of inner strength, of dependency on God, despite all the afflictions and struggles that, that life often has to throw. Final wisdom or final words that you'd like to share for those of us who maybe are not quite where you are on your faith journey. Well, I think it's important to get into the word. Um, I think it's important to do... Um, either devotionals, you know, personal devotions, uh, or get in with a group. Um, I know every Lent I do devotional books, you know, as we make our way to the cross and then mm -hmm. resurrection. And um, for me, um, just the encouragement that I've had from FOF um, and the really stellar Bible classes that, we've had either Sunday mornings or the special Saturday classes where you learn more stuff. And I say get a good Bible, like a good self-study Bible, where if you don't understand what you've read, you can, you can read. Yeah, yeah, and you find out more about the history. Or, and, you know, it just makes it come alive. At least it did for me. Yeah. And so... And you encouraged me to get multiple multiple Bibles, like different different languages. Now I can do that on Bible Gateway now. But of course, yeah. um, I liked having the the paper ones, you know. And um, many times when we would do those um, faith challenges, and I'd be working through my worksheets, I'd have 
three or four Bibles out on my desk, you know, comparing stuff because I have time. And I was always a nerd and I loved school. <laughs> and, um, oh, when I got diagnosed with MS, I was working my way to become a nurse. Mm. And um, I had to give up that. the dreams of that because nobody would want me to draw blood with this hand. Yeah, yeah. right, right. No it IVs It would not be good. Way. Plus, I wouldn't be able to lift pa patients or, you know, transport, transfer patients. And again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I mean, just things that I'm hearing, and if you could just either confirm it or redirect it, is daily connection with God. I'm hearing the sense of dependency on him despite where life paths, life's paths mm -hmm. take you. Mm -hmm. I'm hearing a sense of looking at the good of what he's doing in life and the blessing rather than fixating on the bad mm -hmm. and the struggle and the things to become bitter or dejected or depressed about. You've said it way better. Yeah, no, that no, was no, good. I'm just taking no, your words. No, it's very and, true. I uh, mean, I'm all those things. I'm hearing ingesting it, mm -hmm. getting, getting his voice inside your voice, mm -hmm. so it's constantly coming mm -hmm. through. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then the connection to a community, mm -hmm. even if you're homebound, as mm -hmm. you are. Mm -hmm. this, this, this connection to, to others that God always intended the, the community or the body of believers to be. Mm-hmm. I, and and I believe that 100%. Um, right. It's just, I mean, it's a wonderful thing to be a Christian. And, and I can't imagine not having God in my life. If, if God were not in my life and I was going through this, I'd have probably killed myself. When my husband left me, I was very close to doing that. And, you know... A lot of people with MS do end up killing themselves. My understanding is like Dr. Gavorkian, a lot of his patients that, that he assisted suicide had MS. Mm. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what somebody told me. But the fact is that you didn't take that path, aren't considering that path, and found hope in life despite, yeah, despite it, pain and suffering and struggle. Yeah, it's... You can ignore pain, you know, after a while. You know, there's sometimes okay, but you kind of turn it off. Well, I, Amy, it's, it's incredible. And, oh. again, just the insight, the wisdom, the, the grace, the, the work of God in your life, it, it shines through. You are mm -hmm. truly, I think, what Jesus describes as, you know, the light on the hill, the salt of the mm -hmm. earth, the, you know. Yeah, I know where that's from. Yeah, you do. You yeah, memorized it, right? It, I but do. It's true. Uh, well, thank you. No, thank it's, you. And no, a lot of it is you have pushed me to do a lot of it or encouraged me. You didn't push. You don't push people to do the memory work, but boy, it's a good thing. Well, I'm you know, glad and the faith no, challenges, I mean, are really, I think it makes a difference. And I think if people want that, you know, want a closer connection with God, then they have to put in some work. Well, to quote another one, if you hunger and thirst for mm -hmm. righteousness, mm -hmm. you, you seek out food and water. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And well, he is the best food and water. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. You're Thanks for, for just sharing and, and giving your story and uh, just some words of encouragement and hope to all of us. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you and, and the prayers that come up from you that we know we continue to bask in. Thank you. And Serrano, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
You know, Amy made this comment right at the end. You can turn off pain. You can ignore it. And I gotta, I gotta be honest with you, if, if anyone else had ever told me that, I would have laughed at them. Um, but when it comes from someone like that, out of that place in sincerity, I, I honestly don't know what to do with that because it challenged my presuppositions about so many things. Guys, I just hope that getting a chance to maybe meet Amy or hear from Amy, if you know her already, is in some way both challenged and encouraged you. I hope in particular that if you're here today and you are facing something that seems helpless or hopeless, be it a relational issue, be it a terminal disease, be it, be it whatever it might be that somehow and in some way you have heard that with God there is no such word as helpless or hopeless. That somehow through her story you can see that, that God is making the exact same invitation to be a part of your story as well. You know, she mentioned it in the talk that we have these connection cards at Fellowship of Faith. Um, later in the service today, I'm going to ask you to fill one of these out, and, and I'm going to ask you to flip it to the back, and, and if you have a prayer request, to put it on, because we have a team of seven or eight elders here that will that, be praying on your behalf, but you know, it's, it's Amy, who, who despite the elder rotation of prayers, is praying for every single one of you who write something down on this. There's something you'd like Amy to pray for you for. Jot it on here later today. Or maybe do this, jot a little prayer to her, a little encouragement to her or something like that as well. Amy prays for us so much here at OFF. I can't imagine what our church would be without her, but I thought maybe what we could do right now is just pray for her. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for this incredible woman. Thank you for bringing her to this church. Thank you, uh, with all sincerity, God, that, that we have the honor of sitting at her feet and learning from her, learning about you because of the walk she has with you. God, that we, I, I think for, for all of us, we, we just pray, surround this woman Surround her with, with your angels. Surround her with your spirit. Be in her and with her, above her, below her, on either side of her, protecting her, encouraging her, keeping her strong even when her body is weak. Continuing to fill her and infuse her with faith, with hope. That unshakable spirit that sees the ever-present help in you even, even when the earth gives way beneath our feet. And Lord, in, in, in the true spirit of the apostles and believers who have gone before us, we, we, we pray with boldness before you today. Heal Amy. Heal this woman, we pray. Lord God. Amen. Amen.